and a smile. It's a good addiction. <laughs> it reminds me to smile. Hey, one time I went to preach to the college kids at Central Baptist Church and uh, New England Baptist College, and you know my message was five reasons to smile. <laughs> and and I mentioned the fact that if, you know when the the monthly bill comes along and uh, you have to pay it, you know what is that? Um, your monthly uh, your college tuition. There he goes, and you don't have the money, and is there's a reason to smile and trust the Lord. <laughs> you know, that was good. Uh, anyway, if you, uh, if you turn your Bibles to First Kings chapter 22, you know, you have to understand, we pastors, we are in this spiritual battle, and I think not just the pastors, but the church, we are in this spiritual battle, and uh, I'm going to say this because today I, I got a, a phone call from a pastor that said to me, brother, would you pray for me? Uh, it's such a spiritual battle that we are going through, myself and the church. It was a blessing, you know. Not, not a blessing to hear that, but to know that Satan is trying to attack any church that proclaims the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to be united of heart and mind as we proclaim the word. And don't waver. We do not waver with the word of God. You just keep going. That's what we do. Making disciples for the Lord. My goal is to make a disciple out of you. That's my goal, edifying you the, way, the ways of the Lord, make a disciple out of you, so you can make a disciple out of you. Isn't that great? Okay, that said, <laughs> let's look at 1 Kings chapter 22, and let's look at verse 34. <clears throat> and a certain man drew a bow and ventured and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness, wherefore he sat unto the driver of the chariot, Turn thy hand and carry me out out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians and died at eve. And the blood ran out of the wounds into the midst of the chariot. And there went a, proclama a, procla a proclamation throughout the host about the going down of the sun, saying, Every man uh, to his city, every man to his own country. So the king died and was brought to Samaria and did... And they, uh, I'm saying, they buried the king in Samaria. And one washed the chariot of, in the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood, and they washed his arm according to the word of the Lord, which he spake. Shall we pray heavily? Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture as we come to a conclusion in the book of First Kings tonight. And Lord, what you said or what you say always comes to pass. And what you said about this man Ahab comes to pass in this passage, that the, the dogs would lick his blood. And Lord, may we, throughout this, because of this passage, may we believe in your promises, believe in your word to be true. As we study and as we hear the teaching and preaching of your word, may we take it to heart, Lord, and apply it to our lives in, this, in these evil days that we live in. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, folks, we are living in evil days, and I believe that we're living in the last days, and you know it's going to come a day, and the Lord will come and take us home. And I would say, so come, Lord Jesus. Um, so tonight, we are coming to the last lesson in the book of First Kings, and Lord willing, next week, <clears throat> thank you, Joseph, for 
leave the music for me because I thought I could do it tonight and for some reason uh, my throat was closing on me as I was trying to sing. So I must say that it's been a great journey to the book, to this book. Do you agree with me or is it just me? I, I think it was, a, I learned a lot by teaching you uh, through the book of First Kings and now we're going to, we go into the book of Second Kings which is a great book as well. Uh, anyway, so uh, we're going to do that in the following weeks, Lord willing. So 1 Kings 22 tells the story of Jehoshaphat and the end, end, uh, uh, the, and the end of Ahab. So Jehoshaphat was a good man who tried to do good, a good thing, uh, a good, uh, tried to do good things, I'm sorry, the wrong way. He got in a league with an ungodly man named Ahab. So, of course, we know that the king of Israel at the time was a wicked Ahab. I would say to this, we need to be careful what kind of people we hang around with. You know, we need to be careful what kind of people we make friends with or hang around with because there's a lot of wicked people in our world, folks. You know, and if we don't be careful, they would drag you with them. If you're not strong enough to stand, they would drag you with them. And you don't want to find yourself in those things. Well, right here we see Jehoshaphat listen to this guy Ahab. And we know Ahab is just a wicked man. And had a wicked wife. And they make a league together here. So, um, <clears throat> there's been a trust between Syria and Israel for three years. But now the tensions are beating up again. First Kings 22 and the 4. Two chapters earlier, the First Kings 20. We learn about a battle in which Israel, King Ahab, defeated uh, uh, Syria and and so now uh, we have uh, Benadad, of course, promised to return certain cities to Israel, but Raman Gilead, east of the Jordan River, was never returned, and so Ahab decided to retake it by force. So that's a mistake he makes here, but Ahab wasn't sure he could do it, and just uh, with his own army, so he decided to make peace with the king of Judah and to help him in his battle. And of course, the guy, is a, the guy agrees with them, so they both go to battle against um, uh, Syria. So, our lesson today tells how Ahab did get Jehoshaphat to, to join forces with, this, with him, going to battle, like I said, to the Assyrians. So, one thing right here Ahab, the king of Israel in the north, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah in the south. During this time, the, the, the time period, they were, they were friends with each other. So Ahab was the most wicked king of all Israel's kings. He did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to hang it and all the other kings that were before him. Uh, we see this in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 32. So without praying and seeking the face of God, first, Jehoshaphat agreed to join with Ahab in battle. Folks, let me put it this way. Before we make decisions... Pray about it. Before you buy something, pray about it. You know, because sometimes we, this guy right here, he makes a league with this guy that is a wicked man, and he never went and looked at, seek the Lord and pray. He tried to seek the Lord after the fact and justify himself why he's going to help the, king, the other king. Uh, that is not the way it should be. You know, well, uh, I mean, it, it goes like this. Oh, I have some issues in my life. i got to fix the issues. And when I'm ready, I go to church. No, no, you go to church before you fix the issues. You pray before you fix the issues. That's how it should be. So, so without praying, like I said, in seeking the face of God, Jehoshaphat agreed to join with Ahab in battle. So Jehoshaphat made an unholy political alliance with a wicked man, and he's going to reap the consequences. So, 
And like many of us today, it isn't until after the fact, like I just explained that, that the plot that they have together and the agreement they have together, they decide to go and pray. Now, Ahab had 400 court prophets, and they unanimously agree with the king Ahab to go to war against, against Syria and take Gilead. But let me put it this way. Those guys, they were now prophets. They're the prophets of Baal. They don't do anything. You know what they're trying to do? Save their necks. That's what they're trying to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to go to war? Oh, you're going to be victorious. Go right ahead. They had no clue. You know what happened here? If they said, oh, you can't go, you know what they would do to them? It was a bloodshed. That's what these kings did. So like, oh, yeah, guys, you can say yes. <laughs> so 400 of them. 400 people, obviously, King Ahab, well, they must be right. There is one that stands against the crowd here. Isn't that a blessing when somebody stands against the crowd for, the, for truth? So the Jehoshaphat, because he's a godly man, knew something was wrong here. And asked for another prophet of whom they could inquire. That's smart. So prophet Micah right here was, a God, was, was God's man. And even though Ahab didn't like Micah, he sent for him because he needed Jehoshaphat and didn't want to, to lose his cooperation. So when he heard the prophet, he said, I don't like this guy. This guy's always against me. But he didn't want to lose the league with the other guy because the other guy's request, guess what? Now he has to do it against his own will. But he was like, you know, I got 400 guys saying yes here. And the other guy, something's not right here. Somebody got to be against this. He's not like a 100% for it. So the guy's a little smart in his brain right here. And he goes, how about it? Like, this guy's got to come in. Because if not, I might lose this league and I can't go to war. So... He's trying to play the game again in this thing. So the envoy that was sent to, to, to pick up Micah tried to, tried to pressure him to vote with the, uh, this alliance here. Look actually at verse 14 of 1 Kings 22. And Micah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that I will speak. I'll say, praise the Lord for that. He said, I'll go see you guys. I'm, you know, just think about it, all right? Think about it. If you were the prophet, if let's put this into practice, okay? If you were the prophet there, and you will some to go and face two kings. Oh, your hair and your legs will go like, oh, oh my goodness, what's gonna they're gonna kill me. Well, that's the first thing. If I go against them, I'm just lose my life right there. You know what he says right here? Let's read again. And Micah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord said unto me, will I speak. That is courageous words, folks. He says, I don't care what the other said. Whatever the Lord tells me, I tell you. And if you don't like it, hmm. That's it. <coughs> That's what he says here. So, <laughs> but praise the Lord for those who don't bow down to the world and, uh, and to wickedness and under pressure. Praise the Lord for those who stand for the truth and for the Lord without wavering. I tell you, even in our age today, Praise the Lord says, I say it to the Lord, that's the way we're going to do it. And even if I do it alone, then it's alone. that's what Micah did. Isn't that what Elijah, Elijah did? He stood against the whole crowd. He's another guy right here standing for the whole crowd. I'll tell you what, when we stand for God, a lot of times, a lot of times we don't stand with a lot of people. Because the crowd is always big. And they don't want to hear, they want to go popularity, let's go this way. And Micah goes, no, whatever the Lord tells me, I'm going to tell you. I can bet like Ahab says, this is not a good thing. 
<laughs> Ahab only goes, this guy, I can tell nothing good is going to come out of this guy. Okay, so, but praise the Lord for those who stand at any age for God. So praise the Lord for Micah, who would now bow down to the pressure imposed by King Ahab here. He stood up for whatever the Lord would have him say, and he would speak. And I say, where to go, Micah? So, it, may not be, it might not be pleasant, but I will still say it, right? That's what he said. It might not be pleasing, but I will still say it, what the Lord says. It might not be profitable to me, but I'm going to say what the Lord says. It might take me to jail, but I'm going to say what the Lord says. You might kill me, but I'm going to say what the Lord says. You know what? Praise the Lord for the person that is like that. You know? If we go in public and say, uh, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise the God that says that. Praise the Lord that the person that says that. You know why? Because that's the words of truth. The Bible doesn't say, uh, uh, For God so loved some, they are elect, that somehow they're going to get saved. That's not in the Bible. Let me go against Calvinism here tonight. You see, praise the Lord for Micah that he stood up for the truth. So as we, as we close our study in the book of 1 Kings, I'm going to share five things with you tonight about, uh, about five truths about uh, uh, our churches, that happens in our churches, and we can emphasize here in this passage tonight. Now let me give you some tonight. Okay, number one, it is better to be divided by truth than to be united in error. All right? It goes again. It is better to be divided by truth than to be united by error. Folks, it is always wise to choose the people that we hang around with. Okay? This goes as far as friendships, co-workers, and everyone else that we deal with every day. Listen, I work with a lot of people. I don't hang around with all of them. Because some of them don't build me up. They build me down. You follow that? Try to be friendly with everybody as you work with everybody. Try to work with people, right? We have to do that. Rub shoulders with them. But close in fellowships with them, no. Because what they're going to do is tearing you down. That's what they're going to do. They're going to drag you along. It is always wise to choose friends that will build us up, not friends that will destroy us in the matter of everyday life. And folks, this happens all the time. People will give up the standards in order to fit with some cold friends or fill, with, or fill in with the crowd. Or who otherwise would not, uh, you not be their friends or you would not fit with their little group. Listen, I tell you what, you either like me for the way I am or don't like me at all. Isn't that the way it should be? You know, I'm not going to be somebody that I'm not in order to fit in some little group somewhere. I'm not going to do that. Oh, guys, can I fit in? Oh, only if you do this and... I'm like, really? No. I will walk alone if I have to. Then you say, well, that's a lonely road. Yeah, but I will walk alone if I have to. But to try to fit in with the crowd just for the sake of fitting in, no. Because what we do and we are living a lie, that's what we're going to be. Okay, so... To, my, to me, personally, like I said, I, 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 I go this way, like I said, if you want to be my friend... Or close friend to me, accept me for what I am, the way I am. If you don't, you're like, oh, I can't accept that. Then you don't be my friend. <laughs> just, just hi and goodbye. Yeah, you know what? That's the way I am. So, so folks, this is what it is. People got to accept us for who we are, not what they want us to be. You follow that? 
That's they got to accept us for who we are. So, to me personally, like I said, that's the way it goes. So you either accept me for who I am or, uh, I, or, or don't. So, that's the first one. So, uh, letter A on the, the, the first point. The unity of believers. The unity of believers. Unfortunately, there are people of the French churches on which we should not associate yourselves with because of the different views of doctrine that they have. Let me put it this. Does doctrine divide people? Yes, it does. I mean, if you have somebody that claims to be a Christian, don't believe in the virgin birth of, the, of Jesus Christ, I don't want nothing to do with that person. You follow that? I mean, it's, it's like, well, excuse me? If it's a person that doesn't believe in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, claims to be a Christian, I say, you stay there. I'm staying here. So it divides people. So, if you could pray for my wife. She's had a massive headache, and she's just going home. So if you could pray for her. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So, so because as much as we don't want to admit, doctrine, like I said, divide people. I'm not going to sit and disagree with the Jehovah Witness. I would not do that. So what? Uh, oh, they're people. Yeah, I'll I, I, I eat with them. I'll I, I work with them. But in the same church worshiping the Lord, I will not. Because doctrine what divides people. And you know what? That's what Micah does here. For example, uh, I will go and sit myself down. Uh, I will not go and sit myself down in churches where doctrine is wrong, doctrine that I don't believe. So, folks, unity is a wonderful thing, isn't it? And we must do everything we can to keep unity in our church and with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Look what it says there. Actually, go to Ephesians chapter 4 and look at verse 3. Look what it says there about unity. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3. And you at home, don't be a couch potato. Get a Bible and open a Bible in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3. I'm going to include you right in, all right? Don't be a spectator. Be a doer of the word. All right, there it goes. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3. Uh, <laughs> endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bound of peace. And uh, I'll go to, uh, now I'll go to Psalm t- chapter 30, uh, 133 verse 1. All right, I'm going to give you some Bible tonight. Okay. Uh, Psalm 133, verse 1. All right? And you at home do the same thing. Flip that Bible. All right? If you have an iPad, just easy, even faster. All right? So behold, how good and, and how pleasant it is for, the, for brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. So we must do everything we can to preserve unity, both within our friendships, within our local church. But, but there must uh, uh, only be the unity uh, that the Holy Spirit can agree to. Look what it says in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? If I don't agree with you, I'm not going to walk beside you. Is that simple? That's what the Bible says. If I, don't, I, I cannot walk with you if we don't agree with each other here. Well, you know, Micah could not walk with those 400 prophets if he don't agree with them. They worship Baal. He worshiped the living God. And Ahab worshiped Baal. And Jehoshaphat... He was worshipped the Lord, the, the God of Israel. See the difference right here? I don't even know how Jehoshaphat tried to make a league with this guy. But anyway, let it be. The unity of unbelievers. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's, let's look at a couple of things here. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 3. Look what it says there. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to... Uh, uh, wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. He is proud, knowing not 
knowing nothing but doubting about questions and strives of words, wherefore comment envy, strive, railings, uh, evil, surmisings, uh, <clears throat> is that the word? Surmising, thank you. Preserve disputing of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, but such withdraw themselves. But godliness with, con with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and, and it is certain that we carry nothing out. You know, that's the way it is. That's life. You come with nothing, you live with nothing, you leave with nothing. So, folks, I will never teach you. Okay, neither try to convince you that we should segregate ourselves from unbelievers. I will never do that. No, we should never do that. Never. We rub shoulders with unbelievers every day. We work with unbelievers every day. But I will boldly tell you to be careful with the friendships that you make with unbelievers. You follow that? It's not like segregate yourself and don't talk with them and move away. No, 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 no. You, we live together. We rob shoulders here. We work together. But be careful what kind of friends you make with unbelievers. They don't live the way you live. They don't speak the way you do. They don't serve the God that you do. It's many different things. And if you don't be careful, they will contaminate you before you know. You are the church. You are the word of God. You're not living for God anymore. And before you know, you resemble the world just like they do. Any who is going to hurt you. They are of the world, folks, and they think like the world. And if you don't be careful, they will pollute your mind to think like or the way they do. That's why the Bible says we shouldn't have fellowship with unbelievers. We have to be careful how we read those verses, that we don't take it. To, uh, in a way that, oh, I, I'm going to put myself in the shoebox. That's not what God wants us to do. So get this. Jehoshaphat was trying to be unequally yoked with Ahab. You follow that? He's a godly man trying to be friends with a, a, a wicked man. Well, just for the record, Ahab was an unbeliever. Jehoshaphat was a believer. Even worse, Ahab was a wicked person you do, uh, to hang around with or to make a league with. So he was that type of man that... He, he, that wouldn't give you good or godly advice. He was the type of man that wouldn't build you up. He was the type of man that was full of selfishness. Actually, he was the type of man that would pollute your mind with this wicked, with this wicked device. Not only him, but his wife as well. So be careful who you hang around with, folks. Look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6.14. Be not equally Yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship had righteous, with unrighteousness, what communion had light, with darkness, with concord had Christ with billion, and what had he that believeth with an infidel. The Bible is clear. We just, you know, many Christians don't want to hear it. The Bible is clear what it says. You know, I'm not saying I'm not going to be friendly to them. That's how we reach them for the Lord. But to have close fellowship in a way, they're going to, they're going to contaminate you. Be careful. Hey, look, folks, let me put it this way. There's a lot of good, unsafe, I mean, people out there, they have good manners, good morals, and they're not saved. You know, unfortunately, they're not saved. But there's a lot of bad ones out there, too. You need to be careful. Okay, and I'm saying this with a loving heart, loving you. That's why I'm telling you this. Okay? So the word conquered right there means agreement in those verses. Bilia is the God of worthlessness. Actually, Jesus Christ is the greater unifier. 
of all who believe in him, but he is also the great divider. For the Bible teaches us to separate ourselves from those who are lost. The Lord Jesus in his teachings uh, are the, is the most divisive force in the world has ever known. Actually, go to Matthew chapter 10. And you're going to see if I'm saying the truth or not here. The Lord Jesus has caused more divisions than any other force in creation. Look, look, look there in Matthew chapter 10 verse 34. Look what Jesus is saying right here. Talking about dividing right here. But he's not saying that in a mean way. He's trying to open our eyes to see the truth. Look what it says right here. Uh, Matthew 10 34. Think not that I come to send peace on earth. I come to send peace but a sword. A sword divides, right? You can't with the sword. For I am come to set a man at variant against his father and the daughter against the mother, her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be they of his own, <coughs> sorry, of his own household. So those who value unity above truth have missed the spirit of Jesus. Our unity is in Christ and Christ alone. Why are we here? Because of Jesus, right? Why we came to worship? We come to worship because of Jesus. Why? We, how? How could we know each other because of Jesus? So we have the unity of faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. But he says, the Lord says, I come to divide because here it is. Is a house. Is a a man that gets saved in that house. He divides his, uh, his beliefs. Now his beliefs are different than the other believer because the other one is unbeliever. It just causes strife in that in that. People, you have you become a believer and you lose some friends because they now they don't like you. It causes division. That's why I was saying that Jesus was his doctrine is the biggest. It divides people. You know why? Because it's different. It's a heavenly doctrine. It come it comes to the worldly minds, to the humanistic mind, and what happens here? People don't want to accept it, and those who accept the doctrine would say, "Well, what are the big difference?" Let me, tell, tell me, let me tell you here tonight. Isn't it much different the, the language of a Christian than the, the language of a non-Christian? Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. Why? Because we speak differently because we follow a new master. So, let's go to our point number two. It is better to speak the truth even when it hurts. It is better to speak the truth even when it hurts. Letter A, confirmity. Look at verse 6 in our text. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go again, uh, Raman Gilead, to battle, or shall I forbear? And they all trembled, and they said, look what it says, and they said, Go up. Amazingly, no one disagreed with the whole thing. For the Lord shall deliver it unto the hand of the king. Which Lord they were talking about here, folks? Those are the prophets of Baal. Obviously, they're not invoking the God of Israel. It's got to be the, the Baal right there. Baal doesn't have any ears to hear. So you go out there, you know, uh, because they don't want to lose their necks here. You know, you have to, you know, people are so funny, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you go ahead. Uh, yeah, 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 go ahead. We don't want to die. Go ahead. You go die. <laughs> we stay here. Oh, goodness. So. Let me put it this way, folks. One of the worst things a Christian can do is compromising with sin, or compromising with believers in order to uh, believers to fit themselves in, uh, or uh, uh, try not to hurt anyone. So Ahab 
had organized a group of 400 prophets who apparently took the place of the prophets of Baal that, you know, Elijah killed, slaughtered. And now he has new, new prophets now. So these people were called by the king, not by God. So they were, yes, ma'am, or yes, ma'am. And you told the king what he, the king wanted to hear. Of course, they didn't want to lose their lives. So when they were asked the question about going to battle, they all together unanimously, yes, sir, you go to battle, you're going to win the battle. Put <laughs> it this way. Robert, if you were there and a sword was next to your neck, oh, yeah, yeah, go to battle. <laughs> go to battle. <laughs> you're going to win this one. <laughs> Those are, those are brutal kings, you know, like, you know, you said what? You don't like what I said? Imagine if it was one, one of those prophets that would disagree. I think he would be a dead man. I think he would. <laughs> but all agree, the Bible says. So, these 400 men simply told Ahab and Jehoshaphat a lie. They didn't hear nothing from the Lord. God didn't speak to them. For example, some preachers need to stop trying to win popularity context believe me there are some in, a, in churches out there today you are you are hearing the song of fools so to speak for the for the sake of the church growth may, many are saying that we should say anything that we shouldn't say anything that offend people don't preach on hell or judgment don't preach about sin don't preach about negative things don't preach anything that might cause this generation to be turned away just talk to them in a in a general sense, in a good way, to make them feel good. Listen, folks, you know what we do when we're doing that? We're literally telling people, it's okay to be like this because you die and go into hell, and I don't care. You follow that? Listen, life is short, and the reality is, is a hell where people are going. And shame on me if I was a preacher of the gospel and not proclaim what the gospel, what the Bible says, the truth. That it is a place called hell with people, where people of good intentions are going to. No, we, we know. Listen, a church is never, me never meant to be a place of entertainment. Okay? Even Jesus says, my father's house is a house of prayer. So a church never been a place to entertain people. We come here to what? To worship, to praise the Lord, to edify one another, to make disciples, and to reach the world for Christ. That's it. Obviously, I'll be honest with you folks, I'm not against church tonight, but it's because of the message tonight is this. Why are we going entertaining people and to accommodate to come in and fail to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Why? Because we're afraid they're going to leave? If they leave just because they're not entertained, their heart is not in the right place. I go to church not because somebody tells me so. Or to be inter I go to church... Oh, you're the pastor. Hey, I went to church before I was a pastor. Come on. <laughs> right, brother? You saw me before I was a pastor. Brother Tom can testify of that. Heather, same thing, right, Heather? Okay, there we go. <laughs> so people need a Savior. They need to know that they are lost and they are sinners under the, the wrath of God. And if they die in that condition, they're going to find themselves in hell. Let it be with see strength. Look what it says there. <coughs> I'm sorry. Verse 8. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micah, the son of uh, Imlah, I say, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him, <laughs> for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. Oh. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. 
Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten, hither Micah, uh, the, the son of him, right here. And Micah said, verse 14, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord said unto me, will I speak. Oh, I love these words. So praise the Lord for those who take a stand for God and speak only what God commands them to speak. They are not intimidated by kings and by people of high power to try to change the way preachers preach. I was asked to pray in my job. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, sure, I go pray. And he goes, uh, okay, okay. He's all happy. You're going to pray for it? Yeah, I'm going to pray. And he says, well, I'm going to give you the prayer sheet. And uh, you just say amen when you finish. He said, you want me to read a prayer? Yeah. Uh, I don't pray like this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to pray. You know, but I'm not going to pray. And that's not, that's reading. And by the way, when I finish my prayer, I say in Jesus' name. Oh, I can't say that. Oh, then then find somebody else. Oh, you don't want to do it? No. I said, if you, if I go pray, and I'm not trying to be rude here, if I pray the way I always pray, I'll be more than happy to pray. But if I'm going to get a, uh, some type of a piece of paper and you want me to read, that's not a prayer. That's just making, my, making the ears of people feel good. Let's little, read a little nice little thing. I'll tell you what, there was one time President Obama's wife was in our job, and we started with prayer. I said, let's pray, and, you know, took our hats off because we had hard hats at work. This guy was really perfect. Then, I mean, my curiosity, just I opened my eye and look up. The guy was not praying. He was reading. I lost respect for that man. I just left my head. That's not a prayer. I'm sorry. That's not a prayer. You are reading to make people feel, to sound good. That's not prayer. You see, strength, right? He said, as the Lord, what the Lord said, said to me, I will speak. And then praise the Lord for people like that. We had one man named Elijah who stood up for the Lord without any wavering or intimidation to King Ahab. We have a man named Micah who stands up for the Lord without any intimidation towards Ahab right here. And through the ages we see People like David and Joseph and Peter and John and Paul and many other Christians whose names are not even in the Bible, who stood up for what God said. Even today, in our age, there are people who stand up and are intimidated by the pressures of, of this world. And praise, I say that, praise the Lord for those brothers and sisters. I would say that. Praise the Lord for those brothers and sisters. Stand for God and stand for the truth. So Micah refused to be brought into the... And he refused to be intimidated. So Micah knew that it is better to be divided by truth than united by error. And that it is better to tell the truth that hurts uh, than to tell a lie to comfort and, and then kills. Look what it says in Proverbs 27, 5. Open rebuke is better than secret love. And Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Number three. It is better to tell the truth than to be, lo to be loved by ly for lying. It is better to tell the truth than to be loved for lying. I tell you folks, lying doesn't look good in the lips of a Christian. It does not. Ahab literally hated Micah. Why? Because he was telling the truth. Isn't that hard? 
This guy hated Micah because Micah stood for the truth. He hated his guts. But he loved all the other 400 because whatever he said, everybody agreed. Isn't that great? Oh, I'm going to do this. Yes, sir. Oh, we're going to, uh, yes, sir. It was, oh, yes, sir. Then why don't you say yes, sir? Because I speak what God says. That is great. That is wonderful. So he was a man totally devoted to the Lord and stood for the truth, and he didn't care if Ahab was king. Not every man of God is going to be loved for telling the truth. The Apostle Paul told the Galatians that they were off in doctrine error, Galatians 4.16. I tell you what, not everybody that tells the truth is going to be loved for telling the truth. You tell the truth and people don't like you. Go tell the truth that Jesus saved. Knock on the door and say, hey, sir, ma'am, you know, I got a message for you. Don't you know you need Jesus tonight? You probably slam the door in your face. Letter A, under that point, some don't like to hear the truth. Listen, please, a person is not our enemy because he or, he, he or she tells us the truth, but we sometimes think they are. Micah told the truth and he was put in prison right here. Look at verse 26. And the king of Israel said, Take Mike and carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the Syria, and to Joash, the king's sons. Look what it says in verse 27. And say, Thus saith the king, Put this fowl in the prison and feed him with the bread of affliction and with water of affliction till I come in peace. Just because he didn't agree with him. You see that? The other 400 fellows see, we see, why do we tell them a lie? Because we don't go get the bread and water of, aff of affliction here. Look at this guy. This guy thinks he's better than us. Look what's going to happen to him. He stood for the truth. Look what he got out of it. Folks, it happens all the time. Even in a workplace, you tell the truth. The guys look at you. Why are you lying? I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. Have it happened to you? Why are you lying? I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. You don't want to hear. Okay. And you get very unpopular very quick. You see, let me put it this way, folks. Jesus told the truth and they crucified him. We're not called to be loved by everybody, folks, but to bear the reproach of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we started the Bible, it's impossible to find anyone who stood for the truth and was looked by, with love by everyone else. For an example, Abel was killed by his brother. Noah was so hated that he couldn't get seven converts from sin for 120 years of preaching. Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers. Moses was hated and ridiculed by his family. Elijah was chased. Elijah was called a bald head. Isaiah preached to deaf ears. Jeremiah was weeping, a weeping prophet because of the resistance and defiance of those whom he preached to. Daniel was put in the lion's den. The Hebrew children were thrown into a fiery furnace. <coughs> David was chased and hunted by Saul. John the Baptist was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down. Stephen was stoned. Paul was left for dead outside Lystra. Lystra I'm sorry. The Apostle Paul was exiled in Patmos. James was martyred and the Lord Jesus was crucified. What happened to those people? They told the truth. Look what they got. Did they regret it? No. You know what Jesus said on top of that cross? Father, forgive them, 
because they don't know what they're doing. He stood for the truth. Tell you what, we Christians need to stand for the truth as well. We live in a day and age with so much false teachings. And if you don't be careful, you will be swallowed up too. Be a student of your Bible. Not of books. Got it? Because every commentary that I see have errors on. Be a student of your Bible. Study your Bible. Read your Bible. Memorize scripture. You know why? Because if you go to YouTube, if you go to other channels, other things, when you hear those people open their mouths, you said, oh, that's not true. You can tell immediately. Otherwise, you're going to believe every wind of doctrine that is out there. You will. And you will be deceived. And you find yourself talking like they do. You know, it's not by mistake that Jesus said, when the blind follows the, follows the blind, they both fall, fall in the same pit. Not trying to be, you know, un- uncaring to those who don't have sight here. It just, that's, what Jesus, that's an analogy that Jesus used here. You know, it, 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 we need to know what God says in His Word. You know what the best book you can read? Your Bible. Read it. So you can, you can sense who's telling the truth or not. And you can tell the truth to others. Oh, no, no, that's not what it says. This is what the Bible says. Oh, that's good. That's what Micah says. What God says, I will say it. And Ahab hated his gods. He didn't like him. Did I give you point number four? It is better to stand alone with the truth than be wrong with the multitude. It is better to stand alone with the truth than be wrong with the multitude. Look at verse 13. And the messenger that was gone to call Micah spake unto him, saying, Behold, now the words of the prophet declared good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of, of them that speak that which is good. And Micah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me will I speak. Micah did not care what the other 400 preachers of Baal said. He was going to see what God said and didn't matter the consequences. The appearance of Micah must have been a dramatic scene right there. He met with the two kings. Can you imagine in front of two kings in, in, a, wide, in a wide open arena right here, in the trashing floor at the gate of Samaria right here. The kings were dressed in the royal <laughs> apparel. They were ready to go to war and 400 crowned crowd-pleasing prophets of Ahab were close by, and this guy stood alone between two kings, 400 men, probably a lot of soldiers there, like Elijah. He stands alone and said, I will speak what God says. Wow. Would you do that if you were there? You see, I mean, this is like, yeah, it's a good Bible story, yeah. Would you do that if you were there in that story? It would say, okay, there's a bunch of swords over there. It's uh, a bunch of Nonsense over here, these 400 guys. Those guys are dangerous. Would you do it? I bet you would do it. You would do it. Do you think that Micah was not afraid? Of course he was. He was a human being just like me and you. I have feelings and emotions. He goes, probably goes, I'm going to see what God says, but Lord, please help me here. <laughs> you know? I'm like, come on. And he's like, oh, this guy not a man out of steel. No, no, no. He was a human being just like me and you. He wasn't, Lord, Lord, please help me here that I don't die in this place. Lord, they're going to cut me in pieces. I would say what the Lord says. <laughs> oh, my, you know, I mean, we read this, so we got to put the things in there, you know? <laughs> when Micah came and stood before the king, he 
at first delivered the same message as the other 400 did. And he said to Ahab, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it unto the hand of the king. Look at verse 15. Look what it says. So he came, so he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micah, shall we go against uh, Raman Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he, said, and he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it unto the hand of the king. You say, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's saying the same thing the prophets of Baal were saying. You know what? He's being sar- sarcastic here. He's going, go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. Go to battle. I want to see you go to battle. Get you guys and go to battle. He was sarcastic when he was saying it. You're like, yeah, go ahead. You're going to lose your head there. You know? <laughs> so Mike apparently wanted to see Ahab's reaction. But Ahab must have sensed perhaps by the tone of his voice that Micah was using sarcasm and that he was really mocking the prophets of Baal, which probably did. But in verse 17, look at that. He unlashes the painful truth. Look at verse 17. After he being sarcastic, he says, hey, go ahead, go to battle. Yeah, hey, just go ahead. Look what says in verse 17. And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. I let them return every man to his house in peace. Obviously, what happens here? The king dies. They have no shepherd. Now Mike is telling the truth. This is when it's going to happen to you. So let's look at letter A. The truth given to an unwanted re- uh, recipient. Verse, 27, verse 17 and 18. And he said, uh, and, uh, I just read that verse. And the king, look at verse 18. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Then I tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me, but evil. You see, he hated his gods. Why? Because he was telling the truth. You follow that? He liked the other 400 guys. But he told Jehoshaphat, Then I told you this guy is always against me. Why? Because he's telling you the truth. You know, some people are just hard-headed. <laughs> Isn't that hard? Some people, you're telling the truth. like, Why don't you get it? If you say that every time I tell you something and, 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 and you think I mean and, and it's truth, why don't you listen to me for a second? You know what? He thought the wrong. He couldn't see, he couldn't see face-to-face with, with Micah here. And guess what? He listens to the 400 guys. You know what? We have to take conversations in consideration. You know what? Sometimes because sometimes you have a multitude telling you something. doesn't mean that they can, it can be a multitude of people all wrong. And in this case, that's the truth here. So uh, Micah's message from the Lord was the very opposite from what the other, prophet, the other prophets had predicted. This was a, there was a prophecy that Ahab did not want to hear, but which he guessed would come from God's true prophet anyway. You know what? He knew this thing was coming. He always, he always goes against me. So Ahab caught the message, and he was angry with Micah. Ahab whined to Jehoshaphat saying, didn't I tell you? This guy's always like that. It's not the same way he used to go to, he goes to his wife, Jezebel. Oh, that vineyard. He told me he didn't want to sell the vineyard to me. I'll take care of it. He was just a whiny little baby. That's what this guy was. Sorry, that's the way I'm, I put this guy. Ahab. So the 400 prophets were, uh, were of the king's payroll. They sat at the king's table. They got paid by him. And of course, they were not going against the king. So get this. One of the dangers confronting some salary pastors today is the temptation to say 
what they know some respected people in the congregation want to hear. And I'll tell you what, when a pastor comes to that, that pastor needs to leave. You follow that? When the pastor is going to preach messages and he's going to shy from some messages because he doesn't want to hear some people because they're the ones supporting the church, you know what? You're not doing what God says. You need to go. I am sorry, I'm a pastor too, but he needs to go. You know what? A pastor is to proclaim the whole doctrine of God, the whole word of God. Not to pick, I, that's why I love going through the Bible because the, tap, the topics just choose you. You don't choose the topics, right there. So get this, one of the dangers of confronting, like I said, is that some pastors are tempted to avoid offending the liberal givers in the congregation, least is affected their salary. My pastor, and I'm not going to go very far, at First Baptist Church many years ago, the poor guy, I felt bad for him. There was a group of people there, came to a point. I didn't know what it was. I saw them. I didn't know what it was. They would go, when in every single message the men preached, they would go in his office. I don't know what, what was going on. When I was told, I was fuming. They would go and critique his message. I would critique him that out of the church. That's what I would do. You know, it's amazing. Why don't you take the message to heart and learn from the Word of God? I felt bad for that man. I did. And I was a young Christian. You can be grateful if you are a... a, 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 a so we're going back here a little bit. Uh, you can be grateful if you are a minister in a, a modern-day Michael. My prayer is that every pastor will determine to become faithful uh, 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 preacher of the Word of God, preach and teacher of the Word of God. My advice to pastors is this, determine to preach the Word of God with kindness and with careful interpretation and then let the chips fall where they may fall. You know, oh, pastor, you that message was for me. Man, that hurt. How many times I preach and the pastor hurt? Okay. How many times I preach and the pastor's hurting? Oh, like, you know, I'm the one who needs to hear the message and I'm preaching the message. You follow that? I'm, I'm preaching, but I'm listening to myself as well. We all sinners, don't we? I mean, I love that thing that says, it's me, oh Lord. It's me, oh Lord. Not the person behind me. <laughs> you know, the, the, the publican and the, and the, the what was it, the, the, public, the Pharisee and the publican, they're like, I, 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 I'm not like this guy behind me. That is a sad thing to say. So the religion of American today is get along, get alongism. If we don't put our arms around everybody else, everybody else's shoulders, and say they and say that they, um, well, right, their religion is just as good as ours, we are we are excluded. To say that Jesus is the only way to heaven and that the Bible is the word of God, brands, uh, we become like bigots and narrow-minded. And, they, and, and we, we become too old-fashioned. All kinds of names that they call us. Men of God have always stood alone, folks. Noah had to stand alone when he preached. Elijah stood alone in Mount Carmel against 450 prophets. Amos stood alone in the courts of Bethel. Many of the Lord's true prophets have stood alone. And you know what? And then if we stand alone, we stand alone. But we preach the truth. Let it be. The effort... To soften the messenger. The effort to... Look at verse 13. 
And the messenger that was gone to Micah spake unto him, saying, Behold, now the words of the prophet. So this guy coming to him and say to the prophet Micah, no, Hey, listen, you need to calm down a little bit. Just get this thing nice and easy. Isn't that interesting? Get a nice and make it make it feel, you know, just just smooth it down. Don't go, don't be so harsh. Micah was firm. I'm gonna say what the Lord says. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay. So he tried to soften the guy. We must never divide over accidental accidentals, but we must stand for conviction, even if we have to stand alone. Sometimes church denominations have to stand alone. The standard in the Word of God has not to be in comparison between denominations. We must, we must stand for the Word of God. Listen, folks, listen. we got to teach the whole counsel of God. That's what we need to teach, the Word of God for what it is. Now, let me put it this way. Yes, we teach and preach. I teach and preach from the KJV Bible. That's what I do. You say, that's old Bible. Yes, it is. Praise the Lord. Well, why don't you get one of those modern uh, translations? No, thank you. Oh, you still sing the old hymns. Yes, we are. Oh, that's old-fashioned. That's okay. You don't like it? Go find the contemporary one. Ah, you know. You say, well, you want to touch? No, I'm not. I know what I'm doing. We need to fix our standards. Now, get liberal in our standards. When we get liberal in our standards, we are in trouble. Letter number five, our mind, our last point. It is, better, it is better to succeed with the truth than to succeed with a lie. You know, people are liars by profession. All right. Attorneys, politics, right? I can go on and say all kinds of names. They live off lies. Why in the world I'm going to live my life off lies and lay my head in the pillow and think it's okay? They call your phone and try to get your money with lies. If you don't be careful, they, they take everything away from you. They're lying. They're smooth liars. They come with smooth words and come on you. And before you know, if you don't be careful, they suck you right in. It's like they put a bait right in front of you and you like a fish. Boom. And when they get you, they work with you. They work with you. They work until you're tired of it. Then they get you inside the boat. You know what? Our world is full of liars. You know, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. They always call you and ask you for money. They don't call you and offer you money. <laughs> it is amazing. I got these phone calls. I mean, like, oh, we need this for that kid. I'm like, no. <laughs> Good night. You know, I have one of my favorite things. No, I will uh, English. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, click. Uh, you know, telling you, we have a world full of liars. They live, I tell you what, it's better to tell the truth. Those 400 people lied, and they knew they were lying. This guy stood for the truth. Letter A. Defeat ends in that. Defeat ends in that. So with this point right here, Ahab discarded Micah's warning, and Jehoshaphat joined him in the battle against uh, uh, Gilead right here. Ahab prevailed on, uh, on Jehoshaphat to wear his royal 
clothes right here, and Ahab went to battle with the attire of an ordinary soldier. And interesting, you want to secretly, what happened to him here? He gets killed in battle. That's what happened to him here. You know what? Who gave him the truth? Micah. Who gave him the warning? One man. Who told him the lie? 400 men over there. He listened to the crowd. Was telling him lies. He didn't listen to the truth. You know what happened? Exactly what Michael was telling him. You know, the, the children of Israel are going to be all scattered without a shepherd because you will die in battle. And that's what happened. And the prophecy comes to, to pass. The dogs licked his blood. You know why? Because of the wickedness of this man. I tell you folks, I conclude with this tonight. It's better to stand alone with the truth than stand with the crowd with lies. Let me put it this way. Let me help you here tonight. Okay? And I see this with all love and caring to all of you. Be careful to who you listen to. There's a lot of liars in our world. Be careful. Don't be gullible. Because they come to you and they try to steal every dime that you have. They try to turn your mind upside down. They try to change even the very fate that you have and try to make you believe different types of lies. Stick with the Bible, the Word of God. Got it? Read your Bible. Make that a treasure to you. Read it. Study. Meditate in the Word of God. He said, but I don't understand. Go forward, go backwards. You will find the answer. Because you can buy, buy all these books, all these things. You know what? Man is fallible. There's always error somewhere. You know what I do in my books when I read? And I have a bunch of books you can read. So, Pastor, you agree with that? No. Because if I see something's not right, I don't agree with it. I write right on it. I don't agree with this. I'm not perfect, believe me. But I tell you what. It's better to stand alone than to stand with crowd of liars. Ahab got killed and Jehoshaphat almost got killed if God did not intervene because of a liars. 400 liars. And one man told the truth. You know what? They didn't listen. You know the problem? Many of us don't listen either. You follow that? Many of us don't listen either. God gives you this, give us the signs. God's trying to open our minds and we don't listen. Listen to the voice of reason. That's what we need to do. We need to listen to the voice of reason. So we don't fall in the traps of these, this lying world. Which they don't care about you. What they want is what you got. And it makes me sad when I see Christians leaving the word of truth. To go practice the word of lies somewhere. Because they got deceived by somebody. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you Lord. For this passage tonight as we conclude the book of 1 Kings. And Lord, one man stood strong against liars. And against people that didn't like him. Lord, when we stand for the truth, Lord. A lot of people don't want to hear what we have to say. Dear Lord, they say all kinds of things about us, even call us liars when we tell the truth. Lord, help us, Lord, not to be intimidated by the world, by politics, by forces. Lord, help us to stand for you, stand for the truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.